Hello, good morning, and welcome to episode 106 of Life Song Radio. Hey, I'm Jimmy Hicks along with Phil Ramsey. Welcome back into another week of the program. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, Jimmy. How are you doing, sir? Had a uh, good week, a relaxing week. Spent the weekend at the lake with the family. And Must be nice. Yes, it was very nice. I we, would we, never know about anything like that. I don't have any money or anybody that has ever invited me to the lake. <laughs> huh, I've told people before that you're one of my closest friends in the world and huh, never been invited to the lake. <laughs> yeah, but well, and appreciate the invite for supper of the night. What supper? Oh, wait a minute. You didn't ask. Okay, never mind. What supper? You didn't ask me? Was there a special supper that happened? Well, any supper special. Well, I've never been asked to your house. I, th- I think what it is is you don't want me coming in your house. You don't want me coming in your house, do you? I don't. I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is good to be back. It is. I, I, I'm glad you're back. We didn't miss a week, but uh, uh, it's been a, it's been a sh- it's been a short week because uh, because obviously it was a short work week, but uh, it's been a good week. Yeah, I'm running a day behind. I think every day is the yeah, day before. I do too. Yeah, I do too. But uh, yeah, I was this past week at the football. I was going. I was telling you before we went on air. Uh, I was talking to a gentleman at the football game Friday night, a young guy, and I've gotten to know him a little bit over the last few weeks. And he said, uh, uh, Mr. Phil, my grandfather died yesterday at 12. I says, mm. man, I am so, so sorry. Uh, I said, And we talked a little bit, and I said, well, did he know Jesus? He said he did. I said, well, amen, amen. I said, let me ask you a question. Have you ever been born again? Do you know Jesus? He said, yes, I go to church. I said, man, that's great. I said, but have you ever been born again? He says, wait a minute, you're confusing me. I said, well, let's talk. And come to find out, he had no clue what any of it meant. So I got to share the gospel with him, and it was great. Man, the Holy Spirit was there. It was awesome. But that's not even the good part. What's the good part? Uh, Probably 10 minutes later. Somebody patted me on the shoulder. A guy was over, was listening to our conversation, and he came up to me. He said, Mr. Phil, would you tell me about Jesus like you told him? Amen. And so I, I sat down with him and mm. and talked to him and, and shared the gospel with him. And, and uh, man, I tell you what, the Holy Spirit is running rampant. Yeah, absolutely he is. And I would like to, I am enjoying watching the Spirit. And uh, He's ready. He is ready. And we just got to get out of the way. That's it. And just start being available. Being available. Uh, well, well we, and we've got to be intentional. Absolutely. Because here's the thing that, that I think we miss is, uh, you know, there's, and I, and I don't intend to pick on anybody when I say this, because I was guilty of this for so long. Uh, but, 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 you know, there's, there's, you know, people who will say, I am available. You know, God send me people. But then you don't recognize them when, you know, you're not in tune with the Holy Spirit enough to, to recognize the ones that he does send you. And you're not intentional about going and seeking the lost. Mm-hmm. We should be going and seeking the lost, not just sitting back and waiting for the Lord to bring people in front of us. Now, he's going to bring people in mm-hmm. front of us, absolutely. And we have to be in tune with the Holy Spirit, as I said, to be able to recognize it. But we ought to be going out seeking, too. Yeah. And uh, and, and asking the Lord, is this, you know, you know, let me know, is this an open door? Right. And, uh, and, and just go for it, man. Um, 
because that's the only way to sit back and say, well, I've been waiting for him to send me somebody, but I ain't been out of my house all week. Well, there's no re- there's a reason you had to share the gospel. Yeah. So if you listened last week, it was a huge week. Yeah. It was uh, one of my favorites favorite studies that we've done so far and we're just going to we're going to bounce off of that this week we'll be in we will be in uh, galatians chapter 3 i think we're going to start with verse 23 and write it on out i think we'll wrap this chapter up today yeah and i would like to title this if you'll let me jimmy oh my gosh you ready you're ready you're titling everything before and after of a christian the before and the after i think we're going to be able to how about the before instead of after how about the, uh, um, and I'm spitballing with you here. Okay. Because I don't like the after aspect of it. How after about, faith comes is what I'm talking about. I know, but how about the before and the now? Or under the law or in Christ. Or. Or let's go to a break. And or feel now and Jimmy now. Feel under the law, Jimmy under grace. Feel unsaved, Jimmy saved. Well, there was a point that I was underlined. No, I'm talking about right now. Phil, unrighteous, no. Jimmy righteous. <laughs> I'm just playing. Uh, I'm really, I'm not. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I can't stop doing this. All right, let's take a break, and we'll be back to uh, to uh, jump into Galatians chapter 3. We'll be in verse 23, as Phil said, so stay with us. Stay tuned. We'll be right on back here at Life Song Radio in just a second. Oh, I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night, and you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone. You're a good, good father. It's who you are.
Phil Ramsey with my co-host Jimmy Hicks. Doctor. We'll be getting Doctor Jimmy Hicks. Yes, we'll be getting in verse twenty-three, chapter three. Mm-hmm. Before we do, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, dear Lord, we thank you for this time that we have here that we're that we can open your Word and study it. Lord, we just pray that you be with us and guide us and uh, and show us your truth. I just pray for our listening audience that you use this Word. Uh, you have promised us that it will never, ever return void, and we thank you for that promise. Again, uh, we welcome you here, and uh, we give you all the honor and all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, chapter 3, verse 23, But before faith came, we were kept in custody under the law, being shut up to the faith, which was later to be revealed. Therefore, the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ, that we may be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free man, and there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. Amen. But before faith came, Jimmy, who is faith? Or what is faith? Faith is 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 faith. Faith is Jesus. Faith is it's grace. Grace found in Jesus. Before faith came, we were kept in custody under the law, being shut up to the faith, which was later to be revealed. So before faith came, we were actually in custody. What does it mean to be in custody? If you went to prison, yeah, 
it would mean that you were in custody it would mean that you were you were um uh i don't know you were you were shut up and closed yeah uh, on uh, all four sides right guarded by like a uh, there would be guards prison guards uh you would be in custody yeah that's what it means why are you looking at me like and it's really if you're in custody if you're in custody it's not a good thing no if jimmy's in prison it's not a good thing and you're in custody are you happy with that no you I mean, wanna, I mean, you I want to be out. I do, I do, but uh, of course, if you know, if the Lord wills it, and uh, and I have to, I'll just, you know, I'll start a prison ministry, <laughs> and there will be there will be a lot of folks come to Christ. <laughs> Amen. Muslims too. Uh, but you notice also, he went from talking from third person to first person. Also, mm. he now goes and says we. So he has included himself in this same group of people that he was talking to because but before faith and really we can all everybody even we have a context of the scripture we can say this today for us but before faith came Phil was kept in custody under the law. So before I received Christ as my Lord and Savior I was under the law of God. Yeah, I, let's let's say it like this. Um, in one sense, the law was God's way of providing custody, protective custody um, for sinners, and, and and that custody lasted until when? Until Jesus came, right? Until grace came. So the law it it instructed, it it, it restrained, it punished, and it guarded. But here's what it didn't do: it didn't save. It did not save. It it did give uh, a promise of, of a coming day of release from custody and freedom, and that was the day that Jesus came. So there is a release uh, that happens, uh, and that's that's when Jesus comes. But the law, like you said, it, it, it can be in one sense considered a good thing, but for the most part, it's it's not a good thing. And we, we also need to look at it. It almost on the surface appears before faith came, we were kept in custody under the law. There was salvation before the law. Yeah. Uh, faith was coming. Grace was coming. But they had an opportunity, just like Abraham had the opportunity, to believe in the promise of the coming Messiah. Mm. So faith was available to them, even though they were under the burden and under the custody of the law salvation was available by faith just like it was with abraham so yes it i mean prior to god revealing salvation in christ men were in a spiritual prison yeah okay mm-hmm. so it says right here i'm gonna go ahead and read it romans eighteen twenty one. Uh, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in righteousness because that which is known about God is evident with it within them. For God made it evident to them. What am I saying, Jimmy? Everybody. There ain't no atheist. You can mm-hmm. call yourself an atheist if you want to. But not according to the scripture, because yeah. you you have suppressed what the what God has put in you. So let me keep reading, and then you can comment. Okay, no, you all right? I'm good. Don't get mad at me and chuck I'm, your shoe. I am. I've done that before. <laughs> 
For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened. Can I share something with you? Yeah. And I, this is a rabbit, but I'm, I, we've just read a scripture. Yeah. I, w- I want to talk about something here that happened. And I'm not going to use names, but this happened recently. Uh, a friend of mine who is very evangelistic, like we're all supposed to be, uh, shares the gospel on a daily basis. Four years ago, he shared the gospel with an atheist. I'm not going to tell you the whole story because it takes me an hour. But he shared the gospel with an atheist. And uh, he rejected the gospel. And uh, and so I was talking to this guy the other day. His, and uh, in this... Actually, he teaches an evangelism class at church. Well, we can we can tell who that guy yeah, is. Yeah, Mark Sharp. Mark, yeah, he's been on the program. Yeah. So Mark and I was telling Mark. I said, Mark, let me tell you how. I was asking Mark how he shared the gospel with people because he goes overseas. As a matter of fact, today Sunday, yesterday, he got on a plane. Where are they headed to? They're headed to the Amazon. Them. Yeah. So a group of folks are going over there to to share the gospel and try to meet the needs of the people over there. When I was talking to Mark, I said, look, brother, how do you share the gospel with people? And uh, and and these people, some of these are atheists. And he, he told me and he gave me. And then I told him, I said, look, here, here's a way. Of course, the most important thing about the gospel is what? The gospel. Mm. So that's what raises dead men to life. Yeah. But, you know, I use some illustrations sometimes before I get to the gospel. So I gave him a story of an encounter that I had with a guy who was an atheist and uh and it's a long story but it's a beautiful story uh this guy was actually dying and uh and he had like three months to live so uh, one day i shared the gospel with him and uh and then he had tears rolling down his eyes and he said i believe and he received christ that day and i said mark you know this guy was from out you know he was from another country and and i told him what country it was he says he said phil what did you just say I said, he's from this country. He said, what's his name? And I told him his name. And then Mark just started crying. He just, he was floored. He says, Phil, I shared the gospel with him four years ago. And he rejected. He said, I have prayed for him by name every week for probably a hundred weeks. Me and my, him and his business partners prayed for this guy. And uh, and then he received Christ four years later in my studio. Mm. Tell me that ain't big. That is huge. And he was an atheist. Yeah. Well, there's no such thing as an atheist, as you I, said. And I will say this. He died seven days later. Oh, my goodness. So God is in good. Yes, he's he is. A good. So that was a rabbit, but that kind of went with the scripture that I was well, talking about. And... Uh, so nobody's without excuse. Salvation was, uh, even before faith came, salvation was available to these people by faith in believing in the seed that was com- was to come, the seed of Abraham, which was Jesus Christ. You know, when you say there's no such thing as atheist, I believe that. I believe it with all my heart. I do. You say 
that they've suppressed mm-hmm. the knowledge that was written on their heart. A, a uh, you know, uh, just a, 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 a an intellect. Well, we discussed it last week. Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, here's here's what I would say. You ever run across an atheist, somebody who is just so so stuck to the fact that they're an atheist? Take them up in an airplane and throw them out without a parachute. I guarantee you, they won't be an atheist anymore. <laughs> but it goes to your point. There's not no such thing as as, as an atheist. Well, there is to a degree. Once they hit a certain point. Um, they 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 tend to to lower those uh, walls that they've put up, and 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 are willing to mm-hmm. to to hear truth. Well, they know God. God created every human being with a conscience, and before Abra- before Moses got the law, the law was written on the heart, mm-hmm. and and we know right and wrong. That's right. And uh, and so. There's no atheists. Mm-hmm. I, know, I know they're going to disagree, and they'll say, I don't give a real put you say, Phil Ramsey. There ain't no God, and you can't convince me. No, but he can. He can. That's right. And you are a believer, whether you... Check this out, Jimmy. You have the choice today to bow your knee, bow your knee before God and confess him as Lord. You have that choice. Mm-hmm. Okay, there will be a day where you will do it when you don't have a choice. You will bow down hmm. and and confess, look, Jesus, you are Lord, but it's too late. That's right. But you're going to recognize he's Lord. Hmm. So today you can do that. There will come a time when you you don't have to do it today, but there will come a time where every knee will bow. Mm-hmm. So God says now, come to me. Come to me. That's what that's the message. That's it. Everybody, come to me. Mm-hmm. He offers grace. That's right. And uh anyway. Amen. Amen. Well, uh let's move on to the next verse. Well, you've already kind of mentioned it some, but about the law being the tutor. Uh but the, the therefore the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ that we may be justified by Christ. So here's an illustration of uh of the, the law of Moses played out in, in God's plan, right? Uh, the the Greek term translated tur- t- tutor or uh, or schoolmaster uh would have been well known to to Paul's readers. Absolutely. So uh it's the Greek word pedagogos uh and it referenced a family. Here's what and, and pay attention as I kind of paint this for you. It, it what it references is a as a family servant. Uh and so that family servant would become uh the parent the, the guardian or the trainer of the young boy who lived in the home. So this servant would be in to- total he would be in total control of his master's son. All right, is that making sense? Um, and so, what his duty was is, is he was charged with teaching the boy good manners. Uh, he even had the authority to punish him if, if necessary. Uh, and he would walk the boy to school. He would uh, he would uh, carry and he would carry his books and his bag and you know and all that stuff, his lunch or whatever. And after school, the tutor would would quiz the boy on what he had learned uh, and have him recite uh, memory stuff, memory scripture, and all this stuff. But here's what it is. When the boy got to about 16 years old, the tutor's work would be over with. 
it would be finished. Paul says that the law of Moses has functioned as our tutor Mm -hmm. in this same regard. Its job was to lead us to a certain point, and that point has arrived because Christ has come now that we may be, and now we may be justified by faith. Absolutely correct. You, you, that was that was a good description of exactly what they were very familiar with that terminology yeah. of being a tutor. As soon as as soon as in the culture in that culture, as soon you said servant mm-hmm. is also translated slave, yeah. which means they are responding. I mean, they had kids back in the day. They may have six boys in the household. Mm-hmm. Uh, do boys need spankings? Yeah. You got three, right? Mm-hmm. You spank them? I spanked, I spanked the oldest one the other day. I you need a tutor, don't you? Yeah, I need the tutor, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so this this servant slash slave's job, like Jimmy said, from the time they are weaned from their mothers from being a suckling all the way to a certain age, that wasn't their job to teach them. It was their job to take them to the teacher. And all throughout their lives, uh, they would raise the kid and also would be the disciplinarian. So guess what? The kid didn't wasn't real fond of the tutor. Right. Just I mean, it just wasn't. That's right. He could not wait for the day when he would get out from under the tutor. And so we are painting a picture here of what the law does. Mm. When the tutor comes... And, and, and when when faith comes, right, you can now come get out from under the tutor, or you can stay under you can stay under the law. Mm-hmm. But check here's a visual. You ready, Jimmy? Here's a picture of law, and let me just say it: You're coming down the street. You come to a four way stop. You see a red sign that says stop. What do you do? Stop. Why do you do that? Because it's the law. What if there was a police officer in the middle telling you to come on through? Which one would you listen to? Well, you're going to listen to the police officer because he's got the authority. That's right. So the law says stop, but when faith came, the police officer, he says, come on. That's good. That's so good. that is a picture that we're under the law until faith comes, until grace comes. Mm. And uh, every human, every human is under law until they receive... And some don't receive it. That's true. That's some true. people try just like they, they did. They try to, st- and if you reject, if you reject the grace, you're still under law, and that sin and the wages of that sin is death. So the law will end in death. Hmm. It just will. Yeah. Basically, you know, this is telling us where, as you said, now we're no longer under the law. Now that faith has come, uh, we are no longer under the law. So really, truly, we're not obligated. We are not obligated to keep its commandments anymore. We are, and we're not justified by doing so to a point. Because the only way we're justified by keeping the commandments of the law is if we keep them perfectly. Mm-hmm. And we can't do that. So attempting to keep the law now is futile because we're not justified by doing it because we can't keep it 100%. So um, many of the law's teachings have been uh, brought over and, and elaborated uh, in the New Covenant. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So many of the teachings of the law have been brought over in the New Covenant uh, into the law of Christ. So those who live by faith... Uh, 
live by faith, keep the commandments of Christ. And you know, we've son, we've we've read that and talked about that uh, a million times. Uh, and Jesus even says, "If you love me, you keep my commands." Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know, I think what we need to understand, because this is a very tricky scripture, uh, this part of this. Um, and, and some of the other things that Paul talks about, uh, you know, it, it could leave people to say, well, are we are we to just if, we, if we're not um, if we're if we're not under the law anymore? So are we free just to disobey it? Does that make sense? Are we free to just completely, totally disobey the law? I think it may be a situation where I, don't, I really don't know how to say this, but but. It's kind of a tragic situation. Maybe that's a better way to say it. To think that uh, that the, for me or you or any anybody to suggest that 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 we could please the Lord without doing the things that He says. Does that make sense? I'll, let me put it to you another way. We are now free to obey it. Yeah. Now that makes. You know, what was the verse? Shall we keep on sinning that that grace may abound? We are free. We are now actually out from under the power and dominion and the prison that kept us in custody, hmm. which is the law. So, right. so we uh, sin, and the law has no more power, has no more dominion. We've been set free from that. Well, let me, uh, you know, exactly, exactly. And so, God's grace, neither neither one, not, not God's grace nor our, our faith, can override the need for us to 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 lift up Jesus, to exalt Jesus as 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 the Lord of our lives by by both our words, what we confess, and also the actions of our lives. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So it seems like it's the I don't know. Uh, the 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 in thing today the the uh, cool thing to rebel and uh, rebel up against everything rebel against all authority even the authority of this world and the authority of of what scripture says um, basically disrespect uh, what scripture says and and scripture disrespect scripture's authority disrespect any law, the law of the land. Uh, that's what the, the the what the society would tell you would be the the cool thing today. But people are so uh, I don't know. We've been taught to reject. Um, look at what's going on now in our country with the police officers, and and, and the and uh, you know mm-hmm. their riots and things happening. So we're you know we're telling our people, our people are saying, and we're telling people it's okay to reject authority. People hate to submit to any kind of authority, mm-hmm. and it's against our against nature, really, our, yeah, our flesh. That's right. So we don't want to submit to and give Christ control uh, of our lives. Uh, but that's exactly what grace demands. Mm-hmm. It's exactly Romans six says. Uh, Romans six sixteen uh, through eighteen says, "Do you not know?" That when you present yourselves to someone as slaves for obedience, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin resulting in death or of obedience resulting in righteousness. But thanks be to God that though you were slaves of sin, you became obedient from the heart to that form of teaching to which you were committed. And having been freed from sin, you became slaves to righteousness. Amen. I'm good with that. Yeah. I'm I mean, a slave, and I'm proud of it. That's right, but we don't want to admit, or we don't want to submit. 
like you said, it's against our nature as as uh, unbelievers, mm-hmm. uh, as natural men born under Paul or born under Adam's uh, uh, Adam's um, curse. Right. We don't want to submit to any kind of authority, much less submit to Christ. We want to. We want. We don't want anybody telling us ultimately what. We can do or not do. Mm-hmm. We want to be in total control. Independent. And guess what? If you are in Christ, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Because you've been crucified with Christ, you no longer live. And I'm fine with that. Yeah. I really am. Here's a sentence that sums it up. Once faith has come, the law has done its work. So the law is here to send us to Jesus. The law is here as the tutor, as the schoolmaster, to take us to the teacher, which is Jesus. Yeah. And once we receive him, we are no longer under the tutor. Mm-hmm. We are under grace. That's right. That's and right. Uh, there are some people. And what's the result of that? Well, oh, look, go ahead. there's some people and, and there's some people who don't want who don't want that. They just don't. I don't understand that. Uh, but they will live a life under the tutor. What a miserable, miserable life that is. And what is it, you know, what's the result of what you're saying? No longer under a tutor. That's what the verse says. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. Verse 26 gives us the result. And as a result, or for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. So what great, what a, what a, just a, just a great privilege that, that, that God has given us. He has given us the privilege of being called his son through our faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. So, the, and, and like you've said before, this gift available to everybody. Mm-hmm. It's available to everybody. All races, all nations, all genders, all all, all economic uh, 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 Jew, Greek, Gentile, white, right. black, red, yellow, poor, rich, slave, we, free. We don't become God's children in different ways. We don't become God's children uh, because uh, of the differences that we have. We, we can't be too rich or too poor, too black, too white to be excluded from this family of God. Mm-hmm. I will say this. I'm sitting here thinking as you talk, Jimmy. The law actually hurts, just like it hurt as the, as the the tutor with you know. There's there's discipline. There's discipline. So the law hurts, but the pain of the law is to warn us and protect us. I I remember four years ago. I'm on the sidelines at the Covington Charger football game, and uh, so we're. We're playing, and I'm taking pictures on the sideline. There's an injury on the field. And uh, so I'm on the sideline. I'm talking to different people, and there's doctors. Dr. Buffy Cook's over there, and there's a, a circle of people around an injured player on the field. And so I'm sitting there, you know, waiting for them to take the player off. And, and I just kind of look up and down the sideline, and it just hit me. Where's my son at? I couldn't find my son. He was the injured player. And then I looked out and I looked between the, some, the bodies kind of separate a little bit. I saw my son's face in agony. Mm. He had his fist beating the ground. Guess what? He suffered an injury and there was major pain. The pain that he was suffering was pointing to there's a problem. Okay? Yeah. He had pain and the pain said 
there's a problem here. And what the law does is it says, Phil, there's a problem here. You've broken God's law. Mm. So it sends us, it sends us to the great physician. Uh, the law does. That's right. That's right. So um, when, when, when we're talking about being a child of God, um, that's not a privilege. That is a privilege, but it's not a privilege that we should ever take for granted, although I think we all do. Uh, every one of us takes it for granted, uh, but 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 because we are children of God, because we now live under grace, um, listen. When we think about the law, we think about um, we think about do's and don'ts. Mm-hmm. When we think about the law, we think about being responsible and having responsibilities. Listen, when we're under grace. We still have responsibilities. Absolutely. We still have responsibilities. Uh, Paul said in Ephesians 5, uh, verse 1, he said, Be imitators of God as beloved beloved children. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean? What he's doing is, 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 is in Ephesians 5, 1, he emphasized that in that context, that means that, that we put away, we put away, we, we put to death mm-hmm. any, un, any bitterness that we have we and, and and basically what we become now is we become uh forgiving we become tender-hearted um and so uh, our our as god's children uh we're we we are still in control we still have control of our lives we still have control of our speech we still have control of our our conduct our moral conduct uh and our control because we control it we should now put to death the the idolatry and the greed that that comes along with and it. put on christ and put on christ amen just like it says here, uh, Jimmy, in the next verse, for all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ, which right. means to actually, it's a picture of a putting on clothes, a yeah. suit. So there is a choice of putting on Christ. Uh, but you know what? Even though, even though the Jews that he was speaking to, they said salvation, yes, by faith, but also the law of Moses. They couldn't keep it. They lived by it, but yet they couldn't even keep it. They rejected faith. But here's what they've done. They, I think they began to play mental games with themselves. Because they couldn't keep the law, they started devising different traditions that they were able to keep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They were adding to the law, yeah. the true law of God. Look, you know why they couldn't keep it? Because when, when Jesus was on the mountain, he went straight for the Pharisee. Mm-hmm. He, hey, I didn't kill nobody. Well, let me tell you something, brother. This is Jesus talking mm-hmm. in everyday uh, Tiffany County language. Uh, you ever been right, angry at anybody in an unrighteous way? Well, yeah. Guilty. That's right. You ever looked at a a girl in a way that you shouldn't have? Well, I, I've never committed adultery, but have you looked at her? Well, yeah, who hadn't? Guilty! Mm-hmm. And so they couldn't keep it, and it drove them crazy. So they started making up crazy, crazy little things that they could keep. And do you know who these people are that did that? Pharisees. Yeah. That's where the Pharisees come in. So... It really don't make any sense. <laughs> it don't, to me, it don't make any sense at all why they would not receive the gift of grace. Yeah. 
So just you know, I'm, mm. I, as I as I look back at these these Pharisees and these Jews who who want to live by the law, how I'm thinking, how stupid right. are you? Well, we see, you know, and, and and I don't want to defend them obviously because we see that they're 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 not living under grace and they're not doing it the right way. Uh, but 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 my it's easy for us to see 2000 years removed from that this is a lifestyle this is all they knew and so when you get you know this guy coming in and says he's the son of god you're on guard with it because i mean how many how many times does a person walk around saying well i'm the son of god what will we do today if somebody started walking around saying i'm the son of god we'd have them committed yeah all right and so they were living this this was their lifestyle this was all that a lot of them that's all they knew mm-hmm. so you know to a point, I can kind of, I don't want to defend with the, you know, them living under the law, but at the same time, uh, it, you know, you you become a product of your environment. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. The same law, here here it is, and I were beating this sucker sideways, the same law that they were under that they couldn't keep, every human being ever born under the same law, and they can't keep it either. So the law is to send us to Christ. Hmm grace that's it and there will some that will come to him and there's some that will say i won't stay where i'm at yeah and i don't you know i don't understand that either but i guess i was one of them at one point in my life yeah. and uh and then, loved your sin. and then and then faith showed up mm. and messed me that's up. right absolutely it does in our next verse, verse 27, we've already kind of talked about it and touched on it a little bit. But for as many of you as were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ, have have clothed yourself in Christ. And so the Greek word here, enduo, means put on. It means to put on a garment or to clothe yourself or to get dressed. You've already kind of talked about that. So when Paul talks about it here, when he talks about putting on Christ, uh, he uses this metaphor to talk about clothing yourself, in which it describes the transformation that God has has brought into to their lives and which stands for every believer it stands for me and for you so it was um, what it what he's talking about he's talking about you know yeah he's using this 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 picture of putting on clothes putting on garments but it's really he's talking about putting on Christ as a as a redeemed as a new person as a redeemed person a forgiven person uh, so uh, you're you're uh, you have a new heart mm-hmm. and so you're going to put on a you have you have new skin basically uh, you, you look different you present yourselves different because you are now redeemed and you've been forgiven and your heart has changed and so uh, God has given you a new heart so Paul uh, he also traces this uh, of them putting on the new clothes he traces it to uh, uh, to, to baptism so he deals with that a lot more in, in Romans chapter 6 if you want to read uh, the first uh, few verses there I don't know that we have time to, to talk about it but uh, Romans chapter 6 he deals with that a lot more I know we've kind of been jumping around a little bit Jimmy but I'm I'm, I'm just sitting here reading verse uh, 26 again as you're talking it says for you all for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus so all refers to believers of every race. Mm-hmm. All believers of every race are sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. So we're connected by faith. Let me uh, let me read this little. Uh, it's a, actually a true a true story. 
uh, it says because of his trust by many Arab tribes, the famous British scholar and soldier Lawrence of Arabia participated in the Paris peace talks after World War One. Several Arab leaders came with him to Paris and stayed in the same hotel. When they went into their bathrooms, they were astounded to discover they could bring seemingly unlimited amounts of water into the bathtub or sink by simply turning a handle on a faucet. When preparing to leave Paris, they removed the faucets and packed them in their luggage, thinking that the faucets themselves magically created vast amounts of water. When they told Lawrence what they had done, he explained that the faucets were useless unless connected to pipes that were in turn connected to a source of water. In the same way, a person who is not connected to the Son is not connected to the Father and has no source of spiritual life or power. God has no sons who are not identified by faith with his only Son, Jesus Christ. No one comes to the Father except through his Son. Amen. So who's a son? Those who are of faith in the Son. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. I didn't mean to jump back. No, it's fine because what you basically what you're reading is uh, going to tie into what we're talking to next anyway. The next two verses, 28 and 29. So you kind of uh, jump back to to more of a point of clarification. 28 says, There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free man. There is neither male nor female. Uh, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to a promise. So we are all, you are all talking, you know, as you said, believers. And that's who he's talking to here. You are all one in Christ Jesus. So uh, he talks about. And he even gives it there, the, the divisions the, of people. And I kind of mentioned that a little bit earlier. But uh, Jews and Greeks, slave and free, male and female. Um, these are maybe the the main divisions that keep people separated. Um, and we talked about before with other rich and poor and, um, I don't know, socialist, capitalist, Asian, European, brown, white, black, first world, third world, literate. Jimmy, illiterate, feel <laughs> <laughs> true, <laughs> but uh, but basically, Paul is saying he's being a little bit. Um, I, I don't know. He doesn't give a comprehensive list. He gives a, but but what he's saying is is he basically is in Christ, all those barriers that divide us, all those barriers that divide one person from another, they're null and void. Basically, have become invisible. Did you know an eighth? of an inch below your skin we're all the same yep. hmm. some some have we basically are in all reality we all have are kind of on the brown side but the pigment the different variations of pigment in our skin uh, causes different colors in our skin and we divide over that they sure do over pigment yeah and we look at people differently because of different levels of pigment. That's right. And he is stating here, look, there's no black, there's no white, mm. there's no Jew, there's no Greek, there's no slave, there's no free. We Spiritually, every person is 
identical. Think about this. The greatest prayer ever prayed. What was it? The greatest prayer ever prayed was the high priestly prayer in John 17, where Jesus prayed for his disciples. But he didn't just pray for his disciples of that moment. He just prayed for every disciple and everyone that would ever believe. He said, John 17, um, around verse 20, he says, But for those who also believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. Even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me, that they may be perfected into one. Mm-hmm. Man, think about that. Stouter and Bear's breath I right know there. It. I know it. You know, I you think about our world situation and I you know, the word division just is just screaming in my mind. We are so divided in our world. It's really sad. It's really sad. And God sees sees none of that. And that's all we see. That's right. You know, we pick and choose who we're going to witness to based on what color they are Man, I tell or you, whether oh. whether they they look like us or smell. And look, I've been guilty of it. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just being honest. And so some of us have those, pre- you know, some of us have, have been guilty of having some of those pre- prejudices or, or, or maybe discrimination, even if it's not intended. But a lot of, in the back of your mind, you, you might have a little bit of fear or, or whatever because somebody looks different than you. Uh, but I'm going to tell you from my standpoint, and this is 100% honest, uh, since I've become a pastor and since I've uh, I've made it a point to attempt to talk to everybody uh, that, that, you know, God opens a door. I'm going to speak to everybody. I don't care what they look like, what they where they come from. Uh, let me tell you something. The people that that a lot of times that we say that that, that we might be a little fearful to speak to the easiest people in the world to talk to. Mm-hmm. They want to talk to you. They will. They're not going to. They're not going to rob you and kill you or take you and throw you in the back of their trunk. They're not going to do it. They could. There's God's not a respecter of persons. Therefore, no. we shouldn't either. James warned in uh, James 2, 1, uh, 1 through 4 and then 9. Let me just read that real quick. My brethren, do not hold your faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ with an attitude of personal favoritism. For if man comes into your assembly with a gold ring and dressed in fine clothes, and there also comes in a poor man in dirty clothes, and you, and you pay special attention to the one who is wearing the fine clothes, and say, you sit here in a good place, and you, you say to the poor man, you stand over there, or sit down by my footstool. Have you not made distinctions among yourselves, and become judges with evil motives? If you show partiality, you are committing sin. And then and Paul writes in Ephesians, being diligent to preserve to preserve the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace, there is how many bodies, Jimmy? One body, one spirit, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling one lord one faith one baptism one god one father of all who is over all and through all and in all but to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of christ's gift so we can't show partiality god doesn't if he doesn't we shouldn't and there is uh when it comes to faith 
There's one God, one body, one spirit, one baptism, one Lord. Uh, that's it. That's it. Let me uh, let me read this to you. All right. Can I can I read this to you? Mm -hmm. Ephesians chapter two. Verse 13, starting verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who formerly were far off have been brought near by what? By the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall. Verse 18. For through him we have we both have our access in one spirit to the Father. So then you who are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. Mm -hmm. Man. So really, at our worst, at our very worst, Christians were divided. I mean, think about it. The most segregated hour of the week is what? Worship. Mm. Worship service. Yeah. To be honest with you, because we 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 we've divided ourselves into denominations. We divided ourselves into to ethnic and racial camps. And so, ten eleven o'clock on Sunday morning is the most uh, is the most um, uh, segregated hour of the week. It's really sad. Well, the devil was over licking his lips and rubbing his hands together, and he's just saying, "I got him where I want him." Yeah, because this is what he wants. He's he's the one that's done it. The great divider. Hmm. But I want to. But but let me put it like this. Yeah, he's the great divider. But I want everybody to think like this because this division has caused so many. We we experience it right now. It's not just something that was that we're talking about here in in, in this time that Paul was writing. We're we experience it right now today, like I just talked about. But think of, think about this. You look at your church, and even though your church might be segregated, and you may not, you may worship with people who look like you. There are so many differences still amongst you uh, that you still find yourself being cliquish within your own body. Does that make sense? Sure. So does. you, so so you know, you have you have people who are who are in management positions and have uh, well-paying jobs and they're considered wealthy or, or, or well-off. Then you have people who, who uh, are struggling to get by and who uh, have to fight for every cent they get and they're, and they're, they, they're struggling. They, they just don't have... So you're segregated. You're, you're separated in that aspect. You're separated in so many other different aspects. But I want you to think about this. As a believer as a believer and even look at the differences in the denominations the differences in in um in in in, in racial uh churches you know you have your black churches your white churches your korean churches you have all these different things that we've done to divide ourselves but let what, what, what happens when when we partake in the ordinance of the lord's supper what happens we're all invited by god to eat and break bread and drink from the same table mm. we're all invited to drink from the same cup because we're how all many tables one okay one table and we all sit and break bread and drink from one table from one cup think about that mm. while you've divided yourselves and we've divided ourselves as a as a society in the eyes of god there's one but one table and if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. God, what's the promise? What did God promise Abraham? We talked about it last week. It's best described, I guess, Genesis 12. 
Yeah. And I've got some other examples too, but Genesis 12, he, he said, I will make you a great nation. I, w- I will bless you and make your name great. You will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. All of the families of the earth will be blessed in you. Hmm. That's, this, yeah. Yeah, this isn't a promise regarding land at all, not, uh, but refers to uh, uh, the spiritual blessings that will come to all being justified by faith just as Abraham was. So there is one coming through the loins of Abraham, a seed, the promised seed, the Messiah, the Redeemer, the Lion, the Lamb, He's coming through. This is the promise to Abraham. There's one coming. Hmm. And how can we... This is a promise to Abraham, but also, like we discussed... Here's, the, here's what blows my mind, Jimmy. The, the, this, these things also are promised to the Son. And to have what the Son has, you have to be in the Son, in Christ, hmm. through faith. And by that, we are heirs to the promise and become spiritual offspring of Abraham. In his vision on Patmos, John heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men. He shall dwell among them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be among them, and he shall wipe every tear from their eyes. And there shall no longer be any death. There shall no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. He who overcomes shall inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son." Uh, John Stott says, uh, a writer says, we cannot come to Christ to be justified until we have first been to Moses to be condemned. But once we have gone to Moses and acknowledged our sin, guilt, and condemnation, we must not stay there. We must let Moses send us to Christ. So that's the message of today. Yeah. The law sends us to Christ, to grace. A great word today. I enjoyed that. Uh, We'll begin chapter 4 next week. And uh, it just gets better and better and better. And uh, if you're listening today and you have not come to faith in Christ, you are still under the burden and the curse of the law that leads to death. Can I I say something? You can. You know, there's, there's really... Those of you listening right now, as Phil is kind of alluding to, um, there's there's really, if you've never thought about it, or if you're just now tuning in, uh, or if you're saying, guys, I hear what you're saying, but I don't understand, let me tell you about your life. Your life has, you have three, there's three ways to live. We have three options in our life, three ways to live. We can, uh, let me tell you, I'm going to give them to you right now. You can, you can, you can live by rejecting God and living just how you want to live. You're right. You can reject God and live your own way. You can believe God, but you can serve Him to benefit yourself. That would be salvation by by works, which is really still living your own way. Right. Still lost. Still lost. Or you can serve God for God's sake in response to what He has done. 
and that's grace mm -hmm. that's grace and that's his way see the second way serving to get a reward is is basically our default our natural default mode of operation it was how we was born uh, how we were born in adam uh, whether we claim to believe in god or not uh, we're all serving something for our own benefit be it god god uh, our spouse a job or whatever but see the gospel it offers a complete reversal of that pattern jesus got what we deserved so that we can receive what jesus deserved only to that degree can we understand uh, uh, to the truth in God's way. See, you were born, uh, you were born a sinner. You live a sinner. You live right now, if you are unsaved, in complete opposite, in complete and total disregard for God. You shake your fist at him. You hate him. But see, God created you, and that's not how he created, that's not what he intended. He intended for us to to worship him. He intended for us to bring glory to him. But what we've done uh, by living our own way, by making these choices to serve him, to benefit ourselves, or to reject him and live our own way, we've basically robbed him of that glory and put it on ourselves. We've become glory thieves. And so we've been condemned uh Born, we're born condemned. We're born haters of God. And what happens is if we die that way, then we spend eternity separated from him in the place of hell. So what happened? What did God do? Does he allow us all to live like that? Absolutely not. What he did was he sent his very own son who was in perfect harmony with him in heaven, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Perfectly, perfect harmony, happy as can be. He didn't have to do anything for us, but he did. He sent his son because there was no way for us to, to regain any kind of righteousness before him. There was no way for us to stand right before him. So there had to be someone who to live a perfect sinless life, which was Jesus. There had to be someone who would be a substitute for us, and that was Jesus. So he sent him, and Jesus lived that perfect sinless life, the life that we couldn't live. And he took on the cross went to the cross and he took on the pain and the suffering he drank from the cup that we deserve to drink from he drank the wrath of god upon himself so much so that god turned his back on him god turned his back on his very own son he crushed him at the cross and it pleased him to do it because he the one who knew no sin became sin and so he was, he was speared in the side. They, uh, after he died on the cross, they, they speared him in the side to make sure he was dead. Then they took him down, threw him in the tomb, and God looked down on his son three days later, and he was well pleased. Just like he was when Jesus was baptized. He was well pleased with the sacrifice that Jesus made, the life that he lived, and he, so then he raised him from the dead. And now God says to us through the gospel, if you believe that, if you believe on Jesus and repent of your sin, turn away from that sinful life, the God-hating life that you've been living, and believe on Jesus through faith, then he gives you his grace and he gives you eternal life. And you come out from under the curse and condemnation of the law. Yeah. If you want to stay there, he'll let you. Yeah. If you want to come out and be free, guess what? He's calling you. That's right. And that invitation goes out to everyone. That's right. Amen. Look, you heard the gospel. I pray that you believe it. If you, if you have any questions, uh, we don't know everything, but we can find out. That's right. Just send us an email. at uh, You can go to our website, uh, lifesongradio.com. 
you can hear the, every broadcast from that. Share it with a friend. Send us an email. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just, me and Jimmy, we are just so blessed and honored that you would even take time to listen to two. Uh, That's right. Well, I, I guess we're two rednecks. I'm a redneck. Uh, well, no. I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me answer. You are redneck, too. <laughs> well, well, we're very thankful. That's and right. Look, we love the Lord. Damn. Look, I'm going to tell you something. We love God, and we're not perfect, mm. and we don't know it all. That's right. But we want to. That's right. We want to know Him more. And like I said, we consider it an honor that you spend this Sunday morning or sit at your computer and study with us. We do mm. not take that for granted, no. and we welcome anything you have to say. We really do. That's right. Anyway, well, we uh, again, check our website out to find out more. We... we have blogs on there that every once in a while we'll post something some things are going on in our life Mm -hmm. and uh, again we thank you for tuning in Uh, Jimmy we'll start chapter 4 next week excited about that so we'll see you next week for another edition of Life Song Radio